All right, it is the Fast X Sports Show, special Tuesday edition, uh, and we got a loaded show today. Matthew Stafford decides to move on from Detroit. Conor McGregor's career looks like it's going downward, uh, and online gambling is legalized in Michigan. I'm going to talk about all that and much, much more on today's show. Uh, before I do, thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you have a friend that maybe would be interested in this show, or if you would be willing to share this on social media or however the heck you listen to this, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Leave a, leave a review, leave a negative review, leave a positive review. Everything uh, helps and gives me... Uh, constructive feedback and something that we can build from here on fast exports Uh, make sure you also check out scrambled legs they have a big album voting system going on right now to try to decide the greatest album of all the ones that uh, benny the jet has reviewed on our blog which are great blogs by the way make sure you check that out on our website fastx.blog with all that being said uh, it's going to be a loaded show today so sit back and relax and hopefully uh, it's a short enough show that can kind of fit perfectly into your either commute home or your commit to work today so without further ado let's get to it other night at your crib it was like me black 40 ob we just sitting there talking about life play some beats but i forgot to tell you one thing First thing I want to talk about is uh, Conor McGregor, which might be surprising to some. Uh, you know, uh, we're Detroit Lions fans for the most part. The people that listen to this show and Matt Stafford has kind of been the big story around here. But the one that's really sort of stuck with me since this last Saturday was uh, the story of Conor McGregor. Here's this larger-than-life character. Uh, I remember I used to take a lot of pride in being the fact that I was kind of the first guy on this guy's bandwagon after I just watched him in a prelim fight. Uh, knock out a guy coming out the bagpipes and just the wild hairdo and everything about him I said hey this guy's somebody to watch I didn't think he'd be as good as he was uh, but I thought hey he's going to be entertaining as hell to watch fast forward to today um, you know obviously a lot of things happened along the way he had the big fight against Floyd he was you know the holder of two different belts at one time he's filled more seats in UFC fights than anybody ever Um, he was the man and then uh, he kind of had a fall from grace. Uh, first, there was a lot of the fights that he wouldn't he wouldn't fight for the longest time. And then when he finally did come back, Khabib just basically embarrassed him and embarrassed his entire fighting crew in his corner after the, after the fight as well. Uh, since then, he's had fights against Cerrone, uh, which I Cerrone was just a, a bag of bones. I don't even know if that fight that fight even counts as a win. Uh, but he fought Poirier, a guy who he's already beaten and a guy that he beat embarrassingly enough. Uh, in two minutes last time they fought but here's a story on Conor McGregor um this guy is not the draw he he once was for me one uh because I think it's due to the fact that he's just not the best anymore it's kind of hard for me to get amped up for this Poirier versus McGregor fight knowing that the best fighter in the world is in their weight class and he's like just laughing at the idea of fighting these guys and that's Khabib Literally retired because he was so bored of fighting guys like this. Uh, run uh, uh, over the hill, McGregor, and guys like Poyer who just flat out don't have the skills to beat him. That has something to do with it. The pandemic, the fact that there's only 2,000 2, people in this crowd, the fact that it was a 9.30 a.m. fight in Abu Dhabi, the fact that it, this quote-unquote fight island that we were promised uh, is more like fight hotel, as Poyer said, uh, kind of a setup. He said, uh, you couldn't leave the property. I'm sitting for two weeks cutting weight. The furthest thing I can go is to the workout, workout room. This was like I was in a prison of my own mind. The race cars drove me fucking nuts. I'm sitting there like I'm about to jump off the balcony. That's what this was like. Dana White and all these guys, they, they 
paraded around this fight island like it was going to be like tiki torches in Mortal Kombat style, and it's going to be on the beach, and there's going to be palm trees everywhere, when really it's basically just moved to Abu Dhabi. That's it. And it's it's and it's in this stupid little arena, shitty arena, shittier than like the MGM or what we're normally used to seeing them fight in. So that's another big problem I have with this. Number three, the fact that some fuck, and we all know him, Jake Paul, has been challenging Conor McGregor, and it's almost like he's kind of getting the better of the the betterment of the argument, where it's kind of hilarious, like the shit he's been saying, like the 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 like minute long video that Jake Paul recorded from his car, like challenging McGregor to a fifty thousand or fifty million dollar fight, and saying how his wife's ugly and all this other stuff. Like it, it, it's it's hard for me to kind of respect you as the baddest guy on the planet when you you got guys on Twitter arguing who the heck would win in a fight between you two. Now, third thing, this fight just had zero juice leading up to it. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Usually, McGregor is so good at promo and things like that. You have so many different clip bites. He's fighting at pressers and doing all this sort of different stuff. But this, you just had nothing leading up to this. He's basically buddy-buddy with Poyer. And as much as they wanted to fake it and try to do all this sort of stuff, like you can just tell after the fight that these guys are friends. And I just... <sighs> It's really sad. Uh, We've seen the fall of Kobe Bryant. We've seen the fall of Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, all these guys who were great when we were growing up, and now we have to watch them just become absolute shells of themselves. It's not something that's fun to watch. And if I'm Conor McGregor, I don't know what his endgame is anymore. You hear Dana White talking about, oh, quote-unquote, he's got the money. When you think about it, I'm a huge Rocky fan. This feels like Rocky III, uh, White says. When you get off of a 310-foot yacht, you know what I mean? You're living that good life. It's tough to be a savage when you're living like he lives and has the money he has. On his way up, he was a young, hungry kid, and he didn't have any money, and he wanted nice things. He wanted nice suits, nice cars, nice houses. He has everything he has ever wanted. And then you go on later to hear he's trying, he's getting a Nate Diaz's ear to try to fight, have them set up another fight. I don't want to watch those two old bags of balls go fight each other again, especially when there's nothing like on the line. There's no title belt. There's it's not the first time we've seen them fight. All that's gonna, all that's all good. That good is gonna come from that fight. It's gonna give the UFC a payday. It's gonna give McGregor a payday, and it's gonna probably give them both CTE. There's really nothing else. Where does McGregor go from here with his career? I think it's time for him to just wrap it up, dude. You already came back one one fight too many. If I were you, maybe maybe schedule one more cupcake. Schedule another Cerrone, knock him out, and then call it a career. Stay away from Khabib. Stay away from Jake Paul. Stay away from guys like Poyer who are actually pretty legit fighters and just get the hell out, dude. Get the hell out. You got to know when to say no. You know, it's like me at a buffet. You have two plates. You're feeling really good about yourself, and you had a delicious meal. You go back for the third plate. You're leaving the buffet with a rock in your stomach and you're going to be on the toilet the rest of the day. You got to know where to cut it off. Got to know when to cut it off. Speaking of cutting it off, uh, the bigger story, Matt Stafford, um, initial reactions to this was, it was a bit of bittersweet to me. I thought for sure I would only be feeling joy when they came through with this announcement, (laughs) but the way that it happened and all the, you know, old videos and old stories that are kind of coming out about Matt Stafford lately have uh, kind of made me feel a little bit nostalgic about how this guy has been my quarterback, you know, since I can remember watching Lions football. I remember like one season with John Kitna, the 0-16 season, and then from there on, it's all Matt Stafford. The guy was everything that he was built to be, you know, just a gunslinger and extremely talented and just a great player, somebody who I feel like, and I feel like almost all of Detroit fans feel, you can win a Super Bowl with. But here's the sad reality about it is Detroit is never going to win a Super Bowl. 
people love to act like this Dan Campbell ripping your kneecaps off, uh, you know, Brad Holmes. Yeah, they're doing some good things. But when you truly think about it, it we have no shot at competing for a Super Bowl. There, like, there's sad realities where people who have been Lions fans their whole lives were now entering another rebuild. They're probably not going to be able to see the end of this rebuild. They'll probably be the end of their life before they can even see the end of this rebuild because when you think about it, we perfectly nailed the last rebuild. We got Sue, who uh, for a stretch there in his prime was probably the best defensive tackle in the league. We had Calvin Johnson, best wide receiver of his generation, and we had Matt Stafford, another great, just great quarterback. Those three top picks we had, we, we nailed every one of them. And yet we still, the best we could do with this roster and this franchise was muster out three playoff appearances where we went 0-3 and weren't even close in any of them other than the Cowboys one, which people like to blame on a stupid pass interference call. But knowing the Lions, we would have found a way to lose that game anyway. But the career of Matt Stafford um, can be boiled down really to one game, and it was actually his rookie year. Uh, November tw- November twenty second, uh, 2009, uh, he went on to throw five touchdowns and a 38-37 to win over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he was the youngest quarterback to ever do that. Um, it was just a, a, sh- a sign of light to come, we thought for sure. This guy was going to lead us to the promised land, and we were close, but never really did get that playoff win, which was all we were looking for um, since we haven't won one since 1990. But what you can tell us about that game is the, the final couple plays where Stafford does a great job of evading pressure before throwing a Hail Mary attempt uh, and a pass interference is ended up called. But right as he lets go of the ball, he gets absolutely crushed, uh, and he's in a tons of pain, tons of pain. The ball gets placed at the one-yard line with one final play for the Lions. They're down by um, six, and it comes down to the final play where Culpepper was in, and then the the Browns called timeout, and then in comes Stafford, and he ends up throwing the game-winning touchdown. That's everything you need to know about Matt Stafford right there. One, he's tough. Two, he's talented. Uh, but number three, uh, and most importantly, is, is his biggest moment in his entire career came in his rookie year in a game that meant absolutely nothing between two terrible teams. And that's kind of the thing. I, 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 the thing I worry about with Stafford is, is he a good stat, uh, bad team guy? Almost like a, like Dame Lillard, who loves to act like he's just like this all-time player, but we never get to really see him play in any big games. And he, and he acts like, oh, he's... I just worry about Stafford going down the same sort of career trajectory that Dame Lillard might have in a few years here when he finally does leave the Portland Trailblazers. Where you kind of realize, hey, maybe this guy isn't as good as he seems. It's just he always has the excuse that, oh, I, I like it was drafted by this team and I stay with this team and I'm going to try to build something with this team. That's why like I have an excuse for losing all these games. Whereas as soon as he leaves, now it's gonna be, he's going to be a lot more scrutiny that he hasn't really heard uh, at all being a part of the Detroit Lions because it's always been, oh, Stafford is good, but the rest of the team sucks. Now we're going to see, Matt, we're going to actually see how good you actually are when you go to a team that there's not going to be any excuses and there's going to be tons of pressure on you right uh, from the start. It's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm worried for you. Uh, and just remember that you had pretty much the cushiest job in maybe the entire NFL where all we needed you to do was just get us to the playoffs. And you really couldn't do that. I, I know everybody wants to blame, like, oh, it's everything but Matt Stafford. They love to point out the stupid 1,000-yard rusher thing. You wonder why we didn't have as many 1,000-yard rushers as we have had in the past, as other teams have? Because we had Calvin Johnson. Because as soon as Calvin Johnson left, we had Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. We've had good wide receivers for Matt Stafford and TJ Hawkinson for the entire time he's been in this career. We, offense has never been the problem. Sure, we haven't had a great defense, but when we needed Matt Stafford the most in the biggest games of the year, in the biggest moments, it seems like he never really shined through. Sure, he had a lot of comeback victories and games that didn't really mean nothing, but all we needed from him was a playoff victory, and we never could get that from him. Three different coaches under him, and none of them could get it done. 
final thoughts on on uh, Matt Stafford is uh, just kind of the requiem for his career in Detroit is. I appreciate you for the good times you did bring us. Just the, the fact that I was able to experience three playoff games and a lot of wins along the way with you is something that I'll forever be grateful for. And I think a lot of Detroit fans will be grateful for because we were down bad uh, before you came. We really were. Um, 0-16 season, we had drafted you know Calvin Johnson and obviously those players, but it just flat out, it just we really needed somebody like you to come in and kind of right the ship. It, it's too bad that uh, this is how things had to end, which is basically with – what some consider like kind of a waste of a career. I mean, obviously you had a lot of great stats. You can't argue the greatness. I mean, you had a record-setting 12-year run here in Detroit. I mean, most yards, 45,109, 45, most yard, most yards per attempt, 7.2, most touchdowns, 282, uh, best completion percentage, 62.6, uh, 49 300-yard passing games, 10 400-yard passing games. Uh, basically, if you name the record, this guy has it. For that, I'll be for eternally grateful. But when it's all said and done, I think this was the right move for the Detroit Lions. It's sad to say that we have to enter another rebuild after 12, a 12-year 12 attempted um, Matt Stafford career and kind of that whole line of work we had where it's the fact that we've seen Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, Namakunksu, all three of those guys that we know and love uh, come and leave, and we have nothing to show for it. Really, but that's Detroit. Uh, and people are going to shit on you know Detroit as much as, as much as Detroit fans are because this is what we have. We're never going to be a Super Bowl contending team. We aren't. And especially with Campbell. I love Brad Holmes, but I don't think Campbell's a Super Bowl winning coach just from what I've seen in the press conference alone. He's a great culture guy. He's going to be good to kind of have him for these first few years, almost like a Jim Caldwell type coach, where he hands it off to the guy who's going to be able to take us to the next level in three or four years when we get the culture laid here in Detroit. But Matt Stafford, uh, you are a martyr of sorts for Detroit football and Detroit Lions sins, uh, so I thank you for that. Best of luck with the rest of your career. I can't wait to watch you play, whether it's for the Broncos, Colts, Panthers, Patriots, Saints, or uh, Washington. Wherever you do end up playing, uh, you're going to have a number one fan here, and I know a lot of Detroit Lions fans are going to follow you there as well. One last thing I want to touch on uh, before we wrap this show up, shorter one, like I said, is uh, it was a a momentous uh, day on Friday uh, at noon, most notably, when gambling was opened up to everybody in Michigan, and the bonuses were through the yin-yang. I mean, I have one friend, Yo-Yo Ball, who was the former host on this show, where he basically said he has made uh, $650 just off of all these different app sign-up bonuses. And what he realized is that he can just withdraw it all. Right now. So if you are one of these people that did cash in, I know most don't, the most notable one was probably FanDuel's, uh, you know, one Pistons three-pointer, uh, one touchdown scored in the game games uh, this weekend, and you would have got 100 bucks a piece. If you have that money in your account, believe me, as somebody who has gambled, you know, a decent amount in his short lifetime, there's no way for you to, to stay on top of this. The only way for you to get in and get out and make money is to leave right now with that the sign-up bonuses, which surprisingly there is no restrictions on them. You're able to just withdraw that money right now. That's what I'm doing. That's what the smart person would do. That's what you should definitely be doing. Believe me, you're not going to be able to handicap the NFL, the Super Bowl, anything like that. No one can. The people who can are living in mansions. They're not living in you know podunk towns. They're not they're they're not living in dorm rooms. Leave that for the serious gamblers. Get out now. Maybe you know dabble here and there uh, from time to time, uh, but it's the easiest, freest money you've ever made. Get it and get out. But let me just say, having a, the mobile sports book uh, on your phone is just—it's dangerous. Uh, really, no other way to put it. Just flat out 
dangerous. Uh, the ability to place a bet uh, just at the snap of a finger is incredible. I remember the Max Holloway fight right before McGregor. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be watching this. I might as well throw 20 bucks on uh, the favorite, uh, Max Holloway. And when you know it, Michael Chandler just absolutely knocks the guy out in his debut fight. And just like that, I'm $20 out. Be smart when you gamble. Take your like, may, generally bet on only things you know, like a Michigan football game, Michigan basketball game, things like that, where you kind of have a good idea of what the team is all about, and that's really the only way you're going to make money. Uh, but I wish you luck. Uh, I'm going to have some picks later this week. I'm going to have more pods coming later this week. Probably a blog uh, coming out tomorrow surrounding everything that Matt Stafford stood for in his career. And I'll probably also give a recap of Conor McGregor's career as well and a couple blogs coming out. Uh, we're also going to have a bl- uh, podcast coming out on Thursday and Friday this week. Double shows. Uh, make sure you check that out. A little bit shorter pod this weekend, but we're going to have longer ones coming later in the week. Uh, so make sure you check those out. Thanks for listening. Hopefully it was a quick little lunch break pod for you. Uh, and we'll be back later this week with more Fast X content. Talk to you later. Niggas call me to set you up. Want me to come and wet you up. Cause you are out of town, nigga. Like Biggie heard about the shit with Diddy. So I came through to vest you up. And I got a vest for 40, a vest for hush, a vest for every nigga with an owl on his chest. And what? I got LA unified. You better all commit suicide. Teachers ain't testing us. See, I know how I feel to be platinum plus. Niggas is jealous of you, so they try to wrap you up, tax you up. But it's over your blood money. Nigga, catch these bullets like you catch the bus. Dog fame is a motherfucker Do a nigga four favors when you came to the fifth How soon they forget Run up on you at your granny house Be you nine like fifth How a nigga supposed to love you niggas Heart beating fast when I dap and when I hug you niggas Drake told me not to trust you niggas Your energy off, you finicky, I rush you niggas Just walk around the crib like Why a nigga can't live, get this money, fuck these bitches though Think about the beef like We can pass these motherfucking straps like a physical this my city, nigga, everybody know it Riding around town, just me and my four pound Tucked in my time for us, hoping I ain't gotta show it L.A. niggas be the craziest These niggas do some shady shit Niggas will run up on your car Catch you off guard like the Lil Wayne and baby shit 40, I'm fucked up Y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me All I ever ask is keep it ain't more than 92 with me, 100 Yeah, 100 All I ever ask is 100 Yeah, 100 All I ever ask is 100